says they are blessings. with your love. 
to talk for a few minutes about our greatest need. Our greatest need. The purpose of the church is to praise and glorify God. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men and women that they will see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. This must never change. Unless we glorify God, we fall short of his intention for us. Well, part of this glorifying of God is being mindful of the fact that we are first and foremost spiritual creatures. We came from God. We are kept by God. And our eternal destiny is determined by our relationship with God. Part of glorifying God is knowing what our greatest need is. And if you aren't sure what it is, I'm glad you came this way. Because I can tell you, your greatest need is salvation. Our greatest need is not physical. It is not educational. It is not social. It is not economic. Our greatest need is to know that we are saved. Our greatest need is to know that we are in a right relationship with God. In this text, Paul and Silas are in jail in Philippi. The background of the text tells us that they were put in jail for casting out a demon from a young woman. This woman was a psychic. She was a fortune teller. She was a soothsayer. And she had been following Paul and Silas for several days. And on the surface, she tried to make it appear like she was a supporter of their ministry. The Bible says that as she followed them around, she would cry out, These men are servants of the Most High God. They're here to show us the way of salvation. But Luke is careful to record that Paul understood that this woman had demons in her. And that in spite of what she was saying, she was only trying to deceive the people. And he put up with it for as long as he could. But the Bible says after a few days he had enough and he turned to the woman and commanded the demon inside her to get out. He said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And immediately the demon left the woman and she was made whole. Church, there's some folk in church, some of them sitting right next to you right now, who say the right thing and they're found in the right place. But they're really only there to serve, to disrupt, 
and divide God's people. So I urge you today, be careful of what you see. Be careful of what you hear. Be careful of who you listen to. For some folk appear to be right on the surface, but they've got demons in them that are trying to destroy us. When this woman was freed from her demon possession, her masters realized that she could no longer serve their purposes, and they sought to persecute Paul and Silas. They seized them and had them thrown into jail, and they charged the jailer to keep them safe. They told him, if anything happens to them, then we will deal very harshly with you. Well, now we get down to the crux of the message, for the jailer is the focus of this message. This jailer is a man in need. And the sad thing is that he didn't know he was in need. This jailer thought he had everything. He thought he was in a good position. He had his health. He had a family. He had a certain degree of economic security. But despite what he had, the jailer was about to discover that he was in need because of what he did not have. My brothers and sisters, there are a lot of people today who are just like this jailer. They, they are in need and they don't know that they are in need. They've been blessed with health and strength. They have a good job and a supportive family. They've got a little money in the bank and they think that because of these things that they have everything they need. But it is the charge of the church to tell people If you don't have Jesus, if you don't know him for yourself, if you don't have salvation, then you're missing out on the most important thing. This jailer needed salvation. And salvation simply means you need to be delivered. This jailer needed to be delivered. And the first thing that he needed to be delivered from was his sin. And brothers and sisters, just like this jailer, all of us have to be delivered from our sin. Make no mistake about it, sin destroys. Sin tears us down. Sin makes us do wrong even when we know what is right. Sin makes us fight God's people and fight God's program. Sin causes us to serve as instruments of division rather than as tools of harmony. But more than needing to be delivered from sin, this man needed to be delivered from self. Self is a big problem. It was a big problem for the jail and it's a big problem for a lot of us today. Self makes us think that we're more than we are. Self makes us think that we're stronger than we are. Self makes us think that we're better than we are. And if we aren't careful, self will cause us to make fools out of ourselves. Self will cause us to do our thing 
rather than to submit to God's will. Self will cause us to hurt the ones that we profess to love. Self will cause us to turn our backs on the ones that we need the most. This jailer was in need. He needed salvation, and he didn't know that he was in need. But as you turn your attention from the jailer and focus on Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas represent the church responding to this man's need. Now, from all appearances, Paul and Silas were in a bad way. From all appearances, they were in trouble. But they knew that despite their circumstances, they were friends of Jesus. And being friends with Jesus makes a difference. My brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I've been in a bad way several times in my life. I've been in trouble more than once in my life. I've had to face heartache and disappointment a few times in my life, but every time it happened, I made it because I am a friend of Jesus. And I can testify that being friends with Jesus makes a difference. Around midnight, Paul and Silas began to call on their friend. Around midnight, they began to pray and to sing hymns. And as they prayed, the Bible says heaven got busy. Church, good things happen around prayer time. Burdens are lifted at prayer time. Darkness becomes light at prayer time. Sorrow is transformed into joy at prayer time. When you know who your friend really is, then you're able to call him even at the hour of midnight. At midnight they sang. At midnight they prayed. And and the Bible says that as they prayed, an earthquake came. The the foundations of the prison were shaken and all the doors were opened and the shackles fell off of every prisoner's hand. And when the jailer woke up and saw that the doors were open, he thought that the prisoners had escaped. And he knew that he would be in trouble with his superiors if Paul and Silas had escaped. And so he decided rather than to let them hurt me, I'm going to kill myself. He pulled out his knife and he began to stick himself with the blade, but crying out in the darkness. Paul, representing the church, said, don't do that. Don't hurt yourself. Do yourself no harm. Church, there's a message in that for us today. This world is trying to destroy itself today. This world is in a dark and destructive place. This world is in a dark and terrible situation. And this world is on the verge of self-destruction. But it's the charge of the church to cry out from the darkness and say in the name of Jesus, 
do yourself no harm. In the name of Jesus, put away your bitterness. In the name of Jesus, let go of your frustration. In the name of Jesus, come out of the darkness and walk in the light of his love. As I hurry on today, when, when the jailer heard that Paul was still in the prison, all of a sudden there was a change in him. All of a sudden he saw himself as he really was. All of a sudden he knew that he needed something that only Paul and Silas could share with him. And so he goes into the prison and he pulls them out. And instead of making them fall at his feet, he fell at their feet. And he said, what do I have to do to have what you have? What do I have to do to have the security that you have? What do I have to do to have the contentment that you have? And I hear Paul say, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. In church, I'm glad that he didn't stop there. He didn't just tell him that he had to believe, but he told him about the one to believe in. The scripture says that he preached to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that very night, the jailer and his family received salvation. Church, if we're going to meet the needs that people have, if we're going to meet our greatest need, then we have to do more than tell folk to believe. But we have to share with them the one to believe in. You've got to tell them about Jesus. You've got to tell them who he was. You've got to tell him that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You've got to tell them that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You've got to tell them that the word went around doing good to all people. That the word opened up the eyes of the blind and unstopped the ears of the deaf. You've got to tell them that the word caused the lame to walk. You've got to tell them that the word fed the hungry with two fish and five loaves of bread. But don't stop there. Tell them that early one Friday morning, the word was stretched out on a cross. Tell them that early on a Friday morning, they put nails in his hands and in his feet. Tell them that they hung him between the two thieves for six long hours, but don't stop there. Tell them they took him down from the cross on Friday evening and he was put in a borrowed tomb all night Friday night and all day Saturday and all night Saturday night. Don't you stop there. You got to get to Sunday morning. Tell them early, 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 early Sunday morning the word got up with all power, all, all power in his hand. 
And if you've had a relationship with him, you don't even have to stop there. You can tell him he didn't just get up on that Sunday morning, but he rose up in me one day. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. He's bread when I'm hungry and he's water when I'm thirsty. He keeps health in my body and sanity in my mind. He's a way maker. He's a door opener. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's able, 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 able. Have you met him? Do you know him? Then you can tell somebody. Not what's written in the book. Not what somebody else told you. But what he did for me. He picked me up. He turned me around. He planted my feet on a solid foundation. He's able, able, able. doors of God's church are open. Deacons are coming across. Ministers are coming down. That's our greatest need. Our greatest need is to know that we're saved.